Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you subscribe, leave a review. It is greatly appreciated. So today, we've got Tyree here. What's up, Tyree? Hey, James. How you doing so far? It's a little early in the week, but how you doing? Yeah, yeah, a little early. It's different. You know, we usually uh, we usually drop these on Thursdays. We're coming out on a Tuesday. Right, still feeling um, fresh. Not beat up from the week yet. Still feeling Yeah. Good. Maybe we'll be a little bit more... Um, a little bit more feisty. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I haven't even uh, opened the bang yet. Haven't even opened oh, the bang yet. But yeah, we'll good good point. Oh, that coffee. That's yep, have so you I tried got my coffee flavored bang? Uh, I have not. Is it taste like coffee? Like cold coffee? So uh, it, it's weird because everybody I know that likes coffee does not like the coffee flavored bang, but everybody who doesn't like coffee likes the coffee flavored bang. So. I know somebody who bought a 24 pack and she had two of them and hated it. So I took the rest and I thought they were good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a risky move to buy a 24 pack when you haven't tasted <laughs> yeah. it yet. Yeah. Damn Sam's club, it. man. They get you. <laughs> it's, I definitely say you should try it. Just it's different. Cause I don't like chug them as fast as this. It's actually like a, like a drink that you sip. It's different. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll try it tomorrow. Uh, I have to drive to Kentucky, um, and I always have energy drink when I'm driving. That's the only time I have energy drinks. Like if I have to drive a long way, um, partially because my uh, I could sip on it, and my coffee would just get cold too fast. Yeah, and so or you just put it in the thermos, and it's just burning, um, and then that's not fun. So I have energy drinks when I drive. So I might try that out tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. And do, and, do the um, coffee one and the candy apple crisp. That, that is the best flavor they have ever dropped. It's extremely you know, I, sweet, though. I usually just do the regular green monster. I've never had a monster. Yeah. I've never had a monster. I've never had a lot of energy drinks. It's I've never had monster. The only time I've ever had Red Bull is well, Red Bull and vodka, so I don't know if that really counts, but Red Bull and vodka, mm. and I don't think last time I had Red Bull and vodka was my twenty second birthday. Oh man! Yeah, yep, and shit got crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't, uh, I, I don't dabble in Red Bull and vodkas anymore. <clears throat> See, when you go out late, that's the way to do it. You know, you're going to be out late. It's like, well, I need a little Red Bull in me. Oh, since you're going out you might as well throw the vodka in there too that's, that's yeah I, I don't think i had a little i think i had a lot of red bull <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of vodka <laughs> i think i had 11 of those things oh okay yeah yeah Bad. yeah that was that was a little crazy um so uh yeah that the next day on that one was rough um so i don't do uh I don't do red bull and vodka and i very rarely dabble in uh in uh, in hard uh, hard spirits, um. Smart man. So, smart man, you learned your yep, lesson. Yep, yep, learn my lesson, and that's a that's a good lesson to learn. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, so the other things going on in weightlifting, kind of the big thing. I don't even know if it's as big, um, 
but it just seemed like they wanted it to be big. Uh, it's the IWF street weightlifting competition. Um, did you hear about that at all? Yeah. Um, I haven't looked at it too much. I feel like the IW, I, I feel like they're trying a lot of things to see what, what sticks. Yeah. Because this isn't the first time they've come out with something else or like a, a tweak on, on weightlifting. Oh, really? So, what else have they done? Or that's, well, I'm the first thing that came to mind was USAW was with Garage Nationals, but I guess that's a, that's a little different, but it's, I view that as uh, trying something completely different because it was during COVID. Yeah. And, like the online thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I, I feel like they're just, I feel like weightlifting's trying a bunch of stuff to try to get more people in, which yeah, I think mean, you know is growing, but I feel like they're just, they're trying a bunch of stuff right now. I thought I saw something about USA weightlifting doing like a mixed thing like that, like a mixed gender two person team. Um, but I'll have to look that up uh, now that you mention it. Because, you know, USAW, what USAW does and what IWF is just a little bit different. I am kind of surprised that IWF is doing it. And I think that's only happening because, uh, like, the old blood is kind of out of there. You know, Thomas Ion, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, I, I can't say I can't say this for certain, but it seems like it was like, oh, this is weightlifting. This is how we do it. Just kind of like uh, yeah. resistant to change. And now it seems like there's some new people in there. And yeah, like you said, they're just trying some stuff. So that seems to be like what this street weightlifting um, thing is. Um, they did try so, the team thing that hadn't caught on yet. Um, that Max Lang and uh, was it Amanda Paulson were on, where they were doing like team Sinclair scores that they added. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was in yeah they were doing that over in Europe. So. I don't know yeah. how far that got, but I know there were at least, I can think of at least three different teams that I had seen. And then they would battle for Sinclair score. And it was men and women on the same team. And they would just, they would do Sinclair totals. So, I mean, that was something new that I thought that would have picked up a little. I feel like that has more promise than this, but well, go ahead. Explain what this is a little more. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess they really like they're just throwing stuff out there and see what sticks to try to make the sport seem a little bit more viewer friendly. Uh, I remember me and Travis had this conversation a long time ago and like just fun ways to have like weightlifting outside of, uh, you know, the traditional like sanctioned weightlifting meet to make it a little bit more viewer friendly, you know, kind of, uh, you know, you can't ex do it exactly like CrossFit, but um, like the clean ladder is a little bit more intriguing to watch than, you know, clean and jerk. If you're not in the sport of weightlifting, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, there's yeah. always somebody lifting. And if you've got a good commentator, you can really kind of get some perspective and you can see like how one person fails miserably. And then they'll shoot right over to the next person. That's like 50 pounds heavier. This is CrossFit. That's why I'm using pounds. Don't, don't come at me yet. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something. Just like smoke like, it. <laughs> uh, so, especially for people that aren't in weightlifting. Cause my, my mom said something about that. So my parents, my parents have been to majority of my meets. They haven't been to all of the like far ones, but anyone close they'll go to and they still can't count kilos. But 
my mom said once she doesn't everything looks really light until somebody misses it and she's like oh i guess that's heavy now and then the next huh. person will come out and then they'll hit it really she's like oh no it's not heavy yet and she just waits that person's just like, weak well, no. right she's like oh well i don't i don't know what the heavy one is yet and then somebody makes it look easy and she just waits until a bunch of people start missing the same way she's like oh okay it might be heavy now and so yeah. she, she doesn't weight lift so she has no gauge and then she doesn't count kilos, so then she really has no gauge. But I, just, I never thought about it like that. About oh, she'll yeah. watch somebody miss a one thirty clean and jerk, like oh, that's heavy. And then next guy opens at one fifty, like oh no, it's not heavy anymore. Yeah, there's just no context, right? So if there are yeah. new people watching weightlifting and there's a clean and jerk ladder with a decent commentator, yeah, that would that make it a little easier yeah, for them to follow. It gives a little bit more con. Yeah, so I don't think. Um, I, so that's what they're, I think they're trying to do is they're trying to make it a little bit more viewer friendly because I mean, that's the real thing. I mean, the IW, uh, or the international Olympic committee wants, um, wants viewership because nobody's spending money on that peacock app, um, mm -hmm. for the Olympics. So I don't know. They're making it a little bit different. You know, people probably watch skateboarding, um, because skateboarding is a viewer friendly, like the stuff they do is so wild and it's relatable because they're going down a set of stairs. Everyone knows <laughs> what a set of stairs is yeah. and they're like, I wouldn't jump down this. And these people are going down on skateboards. So there's like, there's that comparable, you know, that relatable thing as far as the person. So I don't know, maybe they're trying to make weightlifting um, relatable by calling it street weightlifting. I think street is a terrible name. Maybe that's just something that got lost in translation. Uh, yes. Yeah, from the IWF. Yeah. I don't know, but the dude's British. That is the, yeah, I, well, I forgot about him. <laughs> who, who knows? Um, maybe they're doing it outdoor, which still, I mean, yeah. it, that, that's a, that's a weird name. Um, I understand maybe trying would, to make things viewer friendly, but I feel like, I feel like with weightlifting, it's always going to be hard because in America, yeah, we could say, oh, I'll put it in pounds. Cool. That helps one pe that one group of people that helps and then everybody else is going to be confused. So we have to keep yeah. it in kilos. And the problem is since it, the bar just doesn't look different. Like I've, I've said this, me and Andrew, yeah, well, we were talking about in the messages. Once you snatch 125 in a weightlifting meet where it's red, red collar, everything looks the same until you get to 145 because that's the next time you had a plate. There's a big difference between somebody snatching 125 and somebody snatching 144. Huge difference. But the bar looks basically the same. They got a bunch of little stuff on the outside. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's hard to, even when you know weightlifting, it's, it's still like, it's hard to just look at it and say, oh, that's different. Cause you might have somebody who moves very well with an 80 kilo snatch. And then a guy who moves kind of weird with a 200 kilo snatch. Well, that 200 kilos is way more impressive. Like it's, it's just. Yeah. They need to do it in like the strongman version to be like, this is equal to one car. And they're just deadlifting yeah. a car. Or like there are four women on each side of this yoke, and he's walking with it. Yep, that would make it a lot easier. <laughs> girls on the yoke just getting their brains rattled when they drop the yoke, and <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I don't know. Something to make it more viewer friendly. So let's get into what this is. So street weightlifting is um, where you've got a male and female team, and they're doing a round robin. So. What that is, is it's kind of how a powerlifting meet is run. Uh, it, I had to go kind of deep on the IWF website to kind of find the rules for this because they weren't really 
publicizing them too well. But uh, so you start off and you've got, uh, it's what is it, eight people, eight, eight men and eight women. And the bar starts at a certain weight and everybody in the whole competition takes their first attempt. And then there's two minutes after everyone finishes their first attempt uh, that you can make changes and declare your second attempt. Um, or you get the automatic increase of one kilo and then everybody in the competition takes their second attempt and then everyone takes their third attempt. Um, and then you get 15 minutes and then you do the same thing for clean and jerk and you know, whoever gets the highest Roby points or whatever is the, the winning team. Um, not necessarily whoever lifts the most, the total, because you know, they're not going to, when you get a male and female team, I guess you're not going to you're not going to standardize the uh, the weight classes that you send. You're just going to send like the best people from the country. So right now there's um, uh, eight mixed teams from Ambassador. Uh, I guess that's the country I've never heard of. Um, Austria, France, Germany, Great Britain, Italy, Switzerland, uh, and then international, which means I guess one person from you know, United States and one person from China. I don't know. Um, be interesting. I'm thinking about like what type of weight class you would send. You're not going to send your supers and you're not going to send your small weight classes. You're going to send a bunch of 71 kilo women and 89 kilo men. Well, that would be, that would be viewer friendly because those are like the weights that people can relate to. Like, Oh, that person's the same size size as me because most people, you know, that would make sense. You know, the super is always more fun just because the super lifts so much weight. Yeah. But um, also the supers are not going to compete as often. And this seems like an extra thing. Um, so they're doing that round robin. Um, I don't know. It could be interesting. But so there's eight people. So then you got. You do your attempt and then you got seven attempts after you. Um, I think they said somewhere where it was a two minute clock. I hope not. I hope it's just a one minute clock. It'd probably be a one minute clock. And then there's a two minute clock between first and like the first round Robin and the second round Robin. So you're looking at like nine minutes in between attempts, unless you like jump up above someone. So those, those are decently long wait times between, you know, first and second attempts. Um, but not unreasonable for the sport of weightlifting. Uh, it's longer than I would want. So then, uh, what else is there? Yeah, I mean, so that's pretty much the the gist of the competition. Um, you know, April twenty third. So that's this weekend. I mean, I, I'm definitely, I would definitely watch this, but I, I'll say my favorite videos to watch on YouTube anywhere are the training hall videos. I just, I just like watching weightlifting, so I'm gonna watch it anyway. Um, but I don't know if I would ever prefer watching this compared to the A session of the world championships. I would yeah. like that. I would rather watch that battle of somebody going back and forth by one kilo than having it come down to Sinclair. I I, I, I think it'll be interesting to watch, but I don't think this will ever replace watching worlds or watching the a session of nationals 
So I don't know yeah. how much this is actually going to take off. Okay. So I've got a few answers for you. Um, it's, uh, it's out in the open. So like it's not inside. So maybe that's where the street comes in. Um, also ambassador is a, I don't think it is a country. It is, uh, um, as part of the initiative forward thinking project, the IWF also launches its ambassador program Four elite athletes have been chosen as role models from the weightlifting family from all over the world to promote, educate, and strengthen equal, fair, and clean sport. And Meso Hasona is one of those. Um, so, so much about clean sport. Hmm. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, Yasmin Stevens from Malta. I don't know who that is. Um, uh, oh, I was about to say, uh, the girl from Malta. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if yeah. You, you'll recognize her if you saw her. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe so. Um, somebody from Colombia, uh, Lesman. So there goes clean sport again. Um, <laughs> Hidlin Diaz from the Philippines. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I won't get into, you know, that, but, uh, well, they also need ambassadors is not like, they, I mean, they need, it's just an image thing. Yeah. Right. They, they had to get people who, who were big names. Um, Yasmin is a name. Meso. Well, he's Meso. Yeah. Um, and he also has over that, what is it? That 414 barrier that I talked about. He's got a total over that 414. So clean sport. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't like getting too far deep into the drug conversation, but sometimes there's just like, there's just red lights and there's just themselves. obvious things. If they, if they you didn't know? say anything, then nobody would say anything, but you, have yeah, uh, it's like, uh... yeah, I doubt that. Um, has he ever failed a drug test? No. Yeah. So he, he hasn't failed a drug test, but you know, he still has plenty of red flags that he's on, um, drugs so i don't know um it, it just seems like a publicity stunt versus reality um as far as ambassador program look how well the you know the the ambassador for the the british girl turned out um <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's her name i already forgot it uh, um, sarah davies Sarah Davies. So there you Man, go. Those meme um, pages have been great. The meme pages have been great about that. Oh man, that's um, one of the best things about weightlifting. The meme pages. So viewer friendly. I mean, there you go. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so that's another thing. Interesting thing you said is um you like watching the training hall videos. Mm -hmm. Um, it is a little bit more viewer friendly. Well, one, those like ATG and like hook grip. Man, the production value of their videos is way better than the standard live stream of, you know, an A session. Well, maybe not an A session, maybe like a E session. Yeah. So I will say like the A session that I went to for the 77s in 2013 in Poland was wild. Like it was like a real sporting event like in the United States where people were excited. There was a big crowd. People were watching. Yeah. Uh, there was lights. There was like, it, it was cool. It was uh, the only other competition that was like that for me personally. Um, on a lower level would have been, um, you know, the Arnold back in the day when it was like. Um, Single platform. 
single platform and a bunch of people that weren't weightlifters would come watch. And so there was a crowd and there was lights and there was music. Um, that was definitely something cool that they have lost sight of, which I think somebody needs to bring that back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, it's gone now. I talked about but, that just uh, the other day with Amanda. Like they just changed the Arnold forever now. By moving it away, yeah, it's changed forever. Yeah, it's definitely not cool like it used to be. Um, the weightlifting side of it. But um, then the other one was Olympic trials in the United States in 2016. That, that was, was a cool a wild year, though. That every weight class was wild with that. I wish yeah. I, I would have wanted to watch the 94s. Well, well, it the was eighty fives were nasty too. It was all in one session. Oh man! All of the Olympic trials was in one session, so we had, uh, you, we had like Derek Johnson. Um, there was fifteen of us, maybe sixteen of us. I don't know if Derek Johnson was in it actually. I think he was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. He had some like drama about something, but I think he ended up getting in it uh, into the Olympic trial session. They tried to exclude him or something, um, and like. Then you had like the 77s with me and Travis. And I think there was even like Anthony Pomponio was in there mm-hmm. as 85. Was he and 85? then like, yeah, was, all right. Um, and then you had the Vardanian. I think he was in there too. Um, but it just kept going up. And I think, you know, Colin Burns. Um, and then uh, Donovan, David Garcia might have been in there too. And then Kane, you know, it was just all of us in one session, which that's pretty viewer friendly. Yep. Yeah, because then you get to see the whole spectrum, and that's how the Arnold used to be. That's how you the, uh, that's how they used to do like the the qualifier sessions. You know what? That's kind of how they did that rogue invitational stage at the Arnold. Ah, yeah. Isn't I didn't think it? about it like that. That's exactly how it was. They had all of them out there together. Yeah, and so that was a little bit more viewer friendly because you're that not just the seeing original a bunch of Arnold at the same experience. Time. Or that was the original Arnold experience. That's what it was. Yeah, and that's why they put them on that big stage out there. That makes sense. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, well, did you ever hear the the video? So, Hook Greg, Nat, he talked mm-hmm. about why he puts up his training hall videos. He said he records the actual competition, and he does the training hall, and his training hall videos were getting six times as many views. So then he just stopped posting the competition because nobody was wanting to watch it, and they would all watch the training hall videos. And that was back in, I think he said the first time he noticed it was uh, 15 Worlds. That all of his, most of his views were coming from the training hall. So now that's why that's what you get from them. And he didn't know why at first, but people like seeing the warmups. They like seeing how the bar moves with 50 kilos. To this day, I've told people one of the most impressive things I've seen in person. There was a lifter who I'd watched snatch 145 for a triple. But the next time I saw him, he was warming up his snatch and he was snatching 50 kilos. And me and my friend were there and we were still new. And one of his coaches said, no, watch his, watch his knees when he does this. And he was just snatching 50 kilos, but it was the way he moved that 50 kilos. I can't tell you what he hit that day. He must've hit something, but I will never forget watching him snatch that 50 kilos. So watching athletes warm ups. And even how different it is with certain athletes in certain countries. Like they had the video of North Korea, which this was kind of scary, but they had the whole team in the corner, not looking at each other, doing the exact same warm up, 
like it was a synchronized dance. All of them were doing <laughs> the exact same thing. But you have that, and then you have the videos of I think it was in Seventeen Worlds with the Iranian team, like just screwing with each other and throwing water bottles at each other in the back. Like it's you get more out of it. Yeah. So there you go. There's something that's interesting that you said there too. It's another thing that's relatable. You know, more people can relate to a 50 kilo snatch than they can, you know, whatever, 145 triple. Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, so like if you see somebody snatch 50 kilos, well, like 145, you seem to do that for a triple. Let's just say they snatch 170. Um, um, you can't relate to 170. You know, I, I can't relate to 170. I haven't snatched that. Um, but I've snatched 50 kilos. You've snatched 50 kilos. And if they move 50 kilos significantly better than we move 50 kilos, it's just like, oh, okay. I see that. Now. <laughs> yeah. um, even though it's not heavy. I mean, that's just a, a random example. That that number might be like 100 kilos. But that's right. what you're seeing in those training hall videos. You're seeing something that is more relatable to more people than just the competition stage. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, that goes back to that clean ladder thing that makes things a little bit more relatable. Um, that's the one thing that's interesting that's annoying about weightlifting is that uh, there is so much that goes on from, like, the coaching side and, like, strategy that the viewership cannot see. Yeah. You know, and it – like, there's some sports that you can, like, really see that the strategy kind of come into play. Um you know, let's just use basketball, for example. Like, mm-hmm. if somebody fakes somebody out and then passes it to someone else and they just – that other person is just in that perfect position and open and then takes, like, a three-point shot and makes the thing. You can see to the, see the strategy a little bit. You might not understand it. Me, I definitely don't because I don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> um, but I can see, like, a hint of that strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, in weightlifting, you, don't see any you can't really that. see that strategy. There's – no one has come up with a good way to, you know, uh, show the the strategy like, on them. I like at Worlds how they normally have a camera in the back so you can see the coaches, but all you're doing is seeing them go up there and write something down, and you're not understand what's going on. Um, I think it a, a good example is was it 15 that Lou snatched the world record and then bombed out in clean and jerk. Hmm. Think it was sounds right. Um, so and that was when I was early into weightlifting, so they might have said this at the time, and I didn't I didn't figure this out until a couple years ago. Oh yeah, no, like six of the Chinese team bombed out in 2015. That was the year, I think. Well, yeah, because they were purposely (laughs) screwing with the Chinese. So there were in that in loose session, there were two, I think it was Iranian lifters, and one hurt himself on his third snatch, but nobody realized. So he put his opener below Lou, way below Lou. So he was, they thought he would take all three attempts before Lou. He wasn't warming up and the Chinese coaches didn't notice it. So as soon as it was his time to open, Lou had just cleaned. I think they said he had like clean and jerked 140 or something. And then they pulled him out as soon as his name hit the board, took away three attempts. Another coach saw that bumped up over Lou so Lou went from clean and jerking 140 to having to go out on the platform at 200. That's why he mm-hmm. bombed out. So it's stuff like that where that would have been really cool to watch play out. 
But if you don't understand the strategy of weightlifting, you don't, you're not, you're just seeing people go up there and write numbers down and then people start rushing around in the back. Yep. Yeah. There's that's a the, lot of that. I, I didn't know that about that competition. That's pretty interesting. Um, so that was smart for the coaches to realize that and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It reminds me of um, how they made uh they made chess cool in that movie, uh, the queen's gambit yeah. where she's like laying in bed and like there's chess pieces on the ceiling. You know, I don't understand those chess strategies, you know, but, you know, I can relate to laying in bed and visualizing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, it had the pretty cool graphics on it. Um, so I don't know, maybe somebody could figure that out, how to make that a little bit more viewer family, or they'll just keep changing the format of weightlifting and finding out one that'll stick. I think the more um, people that get into weightlifting, the more people that start coaching. Cause I know when we were at the Arnold, West Virginia came with 14 people, um, you know, people are just different in the back. There are some that I'm talking to and like I'm walking through like, okay, so I'm about to do this. And then there are other ones that you just probably shouldn't say anything to about the strategy. Um, Mm, There was one girl who was in the back and she was calm and I'm talking to her about it. It's like, all right. So this girl, she was a 55. I don't remember what session she was in, but I said, all right, this girl's going to go out here. She's going to miss her second attempt. I'm going to burn her clock. She's going to go out, miss her third, and then you're going to come out and you're going to win the session and snatch. And she's like, well, how do you know she's going to miss? I'm like, because I saw her last three, her last three lists. She's going to miss this one. Sure enough, the girl went out there, missed, burned her clock, (laughs) missed again. The girl I was counting for came out, hit the left. And then the exact same thing happened in cleaning trick. I was like, hey, remember what happened with snatch? It was a different girl this time. She's going to miss this because her jerks have been sketchy the entire time. And then I'm going to burn her. And then she's going to get pinned. She's like, okay. And that's exactly what happened. Only problem was then my lifter missed the jerk. So it wasn't as cool to burn two people. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I was like, man, we would have got two of them in the same session to win the snatch and the clean and jerk. That would have been fun. But so I told her about that. And the other guy that was in the back with us, uh, Kyle, one of the other coaches, I'm telling him what I'm thinking about when I'm making the change. Like, oh, this person's going to miss this. He's like, how do you know? I'm like, well, I'm purposely sitting in the back watching other, uh, everybody else's warmups. I'm purposely seeing like, oh, that looks sketchy. Oh, her cleans are rough. Oh, her cleans are really good, but her jerk's sketchy. So when I'm in the back, I'm paying attention to everybody else's warmup too. So when they go up, I have an idea. And I was telling him what jumps I was thinking about making and who was going to miss what. And then it would happen. So then a few lifters later, we're counting for somebody else. And I was like, remember what we were talking about with the last girl session? do it with this guy. And then he went in and put the changes in and same thing worked. So it was a lot of strategy that we were doing, but he had never, he'd been around weightlifting, but he never looked at it like that. So now he is. So now when he watches worlds, he's going to be like, Oh, I think I know what's going on. I think people just need to get into the coaching role. I think that'll help because there are a lot of people that just lift and have no idea how to count cards. Yeah. And you know what they used to do at competitions? Like if you couldn't really watch like the B session at worlds, uh, or something like that, they would only have the live scoreboard up. Um, but mm. now they don't even do that. I, I wish you could have the scoreboard back. You could learn a lot more from watching the live scoreboard than you can from viewing just like a live stream of the yeah. event. Um, and I wish that when you go to competitions, the uh the audience could see the live scoreboard a little bit better too because like at the arnold 
they had like i mean it was a big freaking tv but it was still like a tv right yeah i know and you couldn't see it it's just like you needed some binoculars right um although that did look like a place where they would you know, have some cattle <laughs> down there and you would pick out your cattle yeah. through your binoculars. That's exactly what But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, besides that point, uh, I think, yeah, a I don't lot know that they could do that. They're just not and most of it involves people just having to learn weightlifting. So another sport sport that I think is, I don't even think that's the same. I was going to compare it to golf, but you watch golf and you know, like, oh, that was a good shot or, oh, that was a bad shot. How close is he? Oh, it, it's very yes or no. And you might not understand what yes. he's doing or what he's hitting with. You have there's no clue. flag and a ball. You right. Know, there's a- <laughs> Get close to that. Yeah. But you have no clue of what he's thinking and why he picked what club. There's a lot to every sport that goes into it that we just don't know. Yeah. And it, it doesn't. I mean, everyone doesn't have to understand everything about it. I mean, like people don't understand football, but it's still entertaining to watch because you can relate to the conflict. Um, weightlifting, there's no conflict. It's just you, the person against a barbell. Um, so there's, they don't have that relatable aspect. Um, so I don't know, maybe this, uh, the, these two person team might be a little bit easier for people to relate to. Or, um, you know, I don't know, me and Travis had this conversation um, a long time ago to kind of like, uh, I, I have no idea what episode it was on the weightlifting scoop, but it was just like ideas for competition. And one of the ideas would be like to have people like on a competition platform facing each other and then like, like a face off competition. So like oh. they're both attempting to the first, you know, the clean and jerk and they're doing it at the same time and like who can win. Okay, it's almost so, like a tug of war, but yeah. There was a CrossFit comp that I did. And it was a team. It was a team event. It didn't work out. It didn't play out how we thought. Because it was teams of four. Two guys, two girls. And it was basically you had to call the person on the left. So they had a weight set on the bar. Let's say it was 205. And you would flip a coin. And whoever won the coin toss, you had to challenge the other one to say... Let's say we'll do this with George and I, right? Uh, well, let's not use George. Let's use uh, let's use Parker. So you have me and Parker. What's Parker's best snatch, James? Uh, one hundred and four, I believe. Okay, so we have we have Parker that snatches one hundred and four, and I snatch one twenty five. So Parker's on the other team. We flip a coin, and let's say there's an eighty kilo bar on the floor, and I say I can snatch that seven times. And then Parker says, I can snatch it eight times. Then I say, well, I can snatch it 12. And then if he calls me and says, show me, then I would have to snatch it 12 times. And if I didn't, then he would get the point. So that was interesting, but it didn't play out very well because the weight, it was a snatch. And the people that were on my team, nobody wanted to call us on anything. (laughs) So like they knew we were weightlifters. So they didn't call us on mm. anything. They're like, oh, I'm sure you can. So we would just call them on anything and they would always miss. So did all this warm up in the back to warm up to snatch. I didn't snatch a single barbell when we got out there. And neither did two of my teammates. Like <laughs> we didn't we didn't touch a bar at all. I'm like, man, I warmed up in the back and I walked out there and nobody would call me on anything. Because I'm I'm in a CrossFit gym. So like they're not 
they're not weightlifters. Nobody's snatching that much at a CrossFit gym. And the, well, let me not say that. Uh, let me pull that back. There are some good CrossFitters. But that was the issue. Then <laughs> nobody ever called us on it. So I thought that would be, that's kind of cool. And I think that could work. They would have to change it up a little bit. But requiring a lifter to hit more or the same as another lifter on the other team. All right. So um, we're going to have to cut this one a little bit short, but I wanted to end on a philosophical question. Uh, oh, okay. Got to get the bang out for this philosophical question. And maybe we won't even fully uh, fully dive into this question. Maybe we'll leave the viewers to think about it a little bit uh, since we don't have a ton of time. So <clears throat> let's say you got a CrossFitter. Mm-hmm. and they've crossed the realm where now they are really good at weightlifting. Um, and then they've kind of become accepted into the weightlifting crowd, even though they started in CrossFit. You know, are they a weightlifter or are they a CrossFitter? That's, uh, let's say that, that Caleb, um, Caleb, that 89, Caleb, the 89 on Instagram or something. Mm-hmm who clean and jerks 190 might be a good example of this. Is he a crossfitter or is he a weightlifter? Um, I would ask him, where does he put majority of his time? What does mm. he prioritize? I think what he prioritizes tells me what he is. Yeah, that that's, that's yeah. what I would say. I would, I would don't know. I would want to know how many hours is he putting into CrossFit? How many hours is he putting into weightlifting? And then aside from hours, just because weightlifting also just takes a lot of time. What, what yeah, but where where does where's the line of like like the club? Like, oh, you're a weightlifter. I, so where I, do people like start accepting you as either a crossfitter or a weightlifter? Or do you just like continually like all of the weightlifters call you a crossfitter and all the crossfitters call you a weightlifter? I think I'm Are a, you just always on the out? I think I view it different because I was in that like between for a while where I was still doing like five to six metcons a week but i qualified for ao finals at my second meet when i was still doing five to six metcons a week and i didn't even know that i qualified for that so like i was i would have still said i'm a crossfitter and then i qualified for that meet i'm like oh that's cool i might go to that and i i I didn't go i just i didn't go the first few years i qualified for it but now, looking back, I would say I was still a CrossFitter because I was doing Metcon six days a week. There would be days when I would come in, I wouldn't lift, and I would just do CrossFit stuff. Mm-hmm. So you could probably do this whole like thought experiment with uh, with all the different sports that CrossFit does. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not gymnastics. I feel like real gymnastics and CrossFit gymnastics is so yeah. far CrossFit, separated. CrossFit literally has rules saying that you're not allowed to do it the way that gymnasts do it. Like they have yeah, rules they, in place that don't allow you to do the gymnastics movements properly, which I don't understand. Like for a muscle up, you have to go through the dip portion, but you would never go through a dip portion. You would do an uprise on the rings or on the bar, but that's not. Well, allowed. that's probably because once you learn it, it's probably easier. And, you know, CrossFit is a fitness thing, so they don't want it to be easier. They want you to work hard. They want you to go through um, the tricep motion, the dip portion like that. Okay. Yeah. Which is an interesting, uh, interesting concept. Um, part of the reason why CrossFit's a privately owned corporation and not a sports federation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, then you could do the same thing with runners. Probably running is a little bit more crossover. Like where are you accepted into the running? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's hard to say whether it's based off of your numbers because you have crossfitters that have good numbers, but they're not weightlifters. You can't base yeah, it off. I of, mean, like Matt Frazier started as a weightlifter and then went into a crossfitter. Right. Yeah. And he was pretty good weightlifter. Yeah. I would I would call him a crossfitter though. Well, then you have Tia who went to the who went to world or went to the Olympics as a weightlifter, but she started in CrossFit. So, do you consider her a weightlifter because she went to the Olympics or a CrossFitter? She's, she's a girl from Australia. Yeah, no, she's from Australia. Yeah, like so. Where do you put her? She's an Olympian in weightlifting and bobsled, and she's won the games five six times. Yeah, how high did she place in weightlifting? I think she was in the B session. Yeah. Um, well, well so Brittany, she's won about- she's won Commonwealth Games. She's gotten like three Commonwealth golds. Um yeah, so she's she's gotten gold at Commonwealth Games, but she was like B session at Worlds. And at the- Yeah, I don't know. I I would probably consider her like a multi-sport athlete then. Because I mean, that's pretty good, you know. You know, one thing is if like you know, an international medal is there. There's that would be a hard argument to be like, you're not a weightlifter. Oh, but what <laughs> about this international medal? You know, <laughs> right. just dangle um, the medal in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I think this, uh, this topic is just more about like, like not a hard, like, Oh, this, well, I mean, that's a pretty hard thing. Like, Oh, you've got a medal. Yes. You would be a weightlifter. Um, but in people's minds, what do people think? Um, well, this kind of where I was going with that question. Also in CrossFit, which is weird, being in CrossFit all the time, whenever you have people come to class, let's say you have just normal people, not, I wouldn't call them weightlifters, but you have the people that come into class, like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm the weightlifter in the group. And like, they barely snatch 110 pounds. Like, I remember I went to a gym and there was a coach there, and she's a coach, so I'm assuming she's fine. And I'm new to the gym. She says, oh, yeah, no, I, it was a long neck. I was like, yeah, this isn't the type of stuff I like. Uh, I'm the weightlifter of the group. I like I like lifting heavy things. I'm thinking, oh, okay, cool. And then I found out like her PR snatch was like 90 pounds. You're not a weightlifter. You're just not good at CrossFit. There's a difference. So in CrossFit, a lot of people will claim weightlifting because they don't like running and they're not good at the gymnastics. Well, that doesn't make you a weightlifter either. That just means that you're just eh at all three parts. I don't know, man. What makes a weightlifter? Is it something that you enjoy or is it something that you're good at? By whose standards? Mm. Yeah, see, this so, is a whole lot. Yeah, we've been going this for a while. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, that it's all relative, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So we'll leave it there. All right. Uh, Tyree, where could people find you uh, for them Ty- to tell you whether you're a CrossFitter or a weightlifter? <laughs> Tyree or, uh, underscore on Instagram. And um, yeah, I do still do some CrossFit stuff like those squat jerks. That was real CrossFit type since I didn't warm up for that. Mm, I don't know. It, but not, uh, <laughs> it, it, that's like a that's like a 2008 CrossFit type thing. Yeah, um, well, maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe like 2011 CrossFit where like dumb decisions were happening, but um, you were still getting strong people <laughs> in the CrossFit. Um, okay. <laughs> Like current CrossFit, I don't know. There's not as many dumb decisions, so uh, you you can't you can't uh, play that dumb decision off on them, Tyree. <laughs> so you got to take account for your own. 
Hey, I survived. Uh, I survived. Yeah, I you survived. To, it did look good. It did I look did good. I did to please two teenagers. <laughs> oh, I was a high schooler. I was like, do a squat jerk. Okay. So, you know, I had to show the 16-year-olds I could do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that makes all the difference. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever whatever your motivation is. All right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and check uh, out houseofweightlifting.com and we'll uh, tune in next week for uh, our next episode. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.